podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Basketball's coming to town, basketball's coming to town, basketball's coming to town. Scott's making a list, Grant's checking it twice, they're gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Basketball's coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. Slightly um, more depressed version. We're back. <laughs> we're back on the saddle. Um, God, we were just buzzing in the last one too. I know, both physically and figuratively. But hey, before we get into it, let's chat a little bit about my bookie. They're um, always there to cheer you up, guys. Head over to mybookie.ag. We've been talking about them forever. It's best place to make online bets they're going to take care of you they've been in business for quite some time um very reliable they have great customer service that's always available um there's so much you can do you can bet on college basketball college football nba nhl you've got custom prop bets even esports you name it my bookie is the one that we bet with and you guys will be happy with them if you hopped on the my bookie train um remember always when you log into my bookie, use the promo code Capital Boys twenty five to get your fifty percent deposit bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. No beer of the pod today. No beer of the pod. Wow. Nothing to celebrate. No. If we were drinking, it would be whiskey because it would With numb tears. the pain that we feel right now. But Whew. that's okay. We might as well just jump right into it. With the latest in the coaching search talk, um, so first things first, we're going to review how we feel about the Seth Luttrell fiasco. Friday morning, Seth Luttrell officially withdrew his name from the coaching search. What were you doing when you found out, and what were your immediate thoughts, Scott? Yeah, so I was in a, I have a Friday morning meeting at the uh, old day job um, every single morning. I came back from it and I was actually talking with like a fellow K State grad right as I was walk walking out of it. And uh Oh, okay. We're, we're good. good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as I was walking out of it, I was like, Yeah, Seth Trell's gonna be the guy. I think we're gonna find out today. Um and then of course get to my phone, pick up the phone, and I see that uh yeah, Seth Luttrell had out, had a couple text messages. Uh, Twitter was already <laughs> melting down. Um, and then I literally, I, I'm not kidding, I just kind of like booked a conference room and just kind of sat in there for a little <laughs> bit, like for about a half hour, just to try to compose myself. Luckily, not a lot of folks were in the office that day. Being a Friday during Christmas season, President Trump was like right down near my office giving a speech. What? So like, yeah, he was at the Weston Hotel. 
uh, right down there in the Crown Center area. So a lot of folks just like worked from home because they didn't want to deal with like all the barricades and Secret Service and stuff down there. Um, so not a lot of folks were in, but it that's was when he said accidentally that he like said St. Louis. Oh, did he really? I d- oh God! <laughs> Instead what, of Kansas City, <laughs> what a Nimrod! Um, but yeah, so that that's me. It was just like instant depression. It it literally like when it comes to like sports sad. Like I've been trying a lot in my adult life to separate like <laughs> being actually truly sad and depressed and being like sports sad as I call it. It truly hit me harder than almost anything since that Baylor game, that fateful night in November back in 2012. So. How'd you find out and what were your initial thoughts? It was bad. It was really, really bad because Thursday, you know, Thursday night was all the reports that it was, I had, I mean, everyone thought it was done. Everyone thought it was, and I think it was truly as far as it could possibly be without (coughs) getting ink, pen to paper, you know. But uh, Thursday, I remember talking to these girls at work that were K-State fans, and they were like, yeah, who's it going to be? And I was just like, oh, it's Luttrell. I tr- trust me, it's Luttrell. It's over. It's going to be great. He's young. He's modern. It's going to be It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> and uh, so Friday morning, I was just kind of refreshing Twitter, and then the first tweet that comes up on the refresh is Brett McMurphy. And, you know, Brett McMurphy is probably the greatest journalist on planet Earth, so I knew instantly that it was real. Initially, I was just real shocked, depressed. <laughs> I had unwisely become completely set on Seth Luttrell being the hire and essentially had accepted that as reality, and, you know, it just sucked. I mean, it was devastating. Punch in the gut. It was it was about as bad of a feeling as, like, some of our biggest losses in, in our history. It just lingered. It's still lingering now, honestly, but... So lots of reports coming out as to why exactly negotiations broke down. You know, we're under the impression that (coughs) as of Thursday night, you know, around 7 p.m., there was a deal agreed upon by Seth Luttrell, signed off by K-State and all the decision makers on our end. But Friday morning when it came to time for Seth to sign, he wanted to re-up again, and, you know, things broke off. So, I... (laughs) Yeah, I I mean... We're, we're never truly going to know everything that's happened. Matt Hall, K-Sale Online, Kelsh Robinette uh, over at the Wichita Eagle, Kansas City Star, and some random dude from KCTV5. Uh, they all had, like, pretty in-depth reporting, all of which you could say, quote-unquote, contradict each other. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, um, but I would say um, there's a lot going on. There's strategic leaks. I don't think we're ever going to – Know I don't know why, but it it's just it's just devastating. No matter <laughs> what the reasoning was, yeah, you kind of got to laugh about it a little bit at this point. But so almost immediately after that, report reports that Latrell falls through. We start to see reports of you know Chris Kleiman. Um, he's the leader in the clubhouse for the job at the time. Not sure if that's exactly true right now, but you know all hell started to break loose on Twitter on the message boards. I mean in my text messages um what are your thoughts initially on chris climbing yeah when it happened i mean i i had quite a few kind of melty downy tweets probably not (laughs) as extreme like as yours but um make no bones about it I, i wasn't happy i'm i was freaking out i was sad i was depressed you're thinking you're getting the hottest name in college football 
and then now it sounds like you're getting an FCS coach like that. I mean, that just hits you like a ton of bricks. Um, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's uh, depressing. Um, a lot of folks actually started coming at me, started coming at the pod, coming at us for the whole Believe Gene narrative. I'm going to hold off on bashing uh, Gene Taylor. Um, but it's just crazy how quickly life can come at you and um, how how funny it is that folks decided that I was part of the issue. So um, it, it, it was, uh, yeah, so it kind of went from being depressed to getting, you know, defensive with folks on Twitter. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, what were your thoughts when yeah. it first was coming out? God forbid we try to be positive and have a I know. slight belief that I know. something good can happen to us. And then, us. of course, the same thing happened with Bruce, we'll talk about basketball later, but <laughs> yeah, I know you're positive, and then everyone comes after you when you're wrong. But whatever. Um, what were your thoughts when you started seeing my those thoughts reports? on Chris Kleiman? Gosh, I mean, I don't even know. I guess in my initial thoughts were, you know, I really don't like him. Um, it's a big risk to hire someone making that big of a jump from one level of competition to the other. Obviously, he's done a great job at the FCS level, but that has, you know. He has literally no experience aside from being a GA in the FBS, you know, Power 5 level, which is a big concern. You know, it's like asking someone who runs a small business to be the CEO of a big company where they have no connections in that market. They, you know, are unfamiliar with the market, a far more competitive market. It's just, it's a huge risk. Um, On the other hand, you know, he's a great coach. Winning isn't an accident. Winning is winning. Um, but my major, I don't know, my major concern with him is recruiting. It always has been. And if, you know, <laughs> but when you think about that, it's like we can't really recruit much worse than we are right now. So yeah, and it wouldn't be that much of a loss thinking about recruiting. But that's another thing that's my issue is that we don't want it to be business as usual. We wanted a change. We wanted things to be fresh and go a different directions. So... Who knows? I'm sure that any guy coming in like is going to work a lot harder at recruiting than we have. But that doesn't mean like he may not be a very good recruiter. We don't know that, obviously, but it's the connections that worry me, but you know, who knows? It's it's you could make an argument kind of both ways there. Yeah, I think my biggest concern even more than recruiting with Chris Kleiman is I think there will be a near fan revolt. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. Like, I, I'm starting to convince myself it might be okay. Maybe that makes me part of the problem. I don't know. Um, it's amazing when you think but, about it because I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm I, trying to convince myself that climbing's going to be – it might work out, and it's so funny how we're just a hostage – we're yeah. hostages. We've, we've, we're honestly, it's like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, to it, the I, it just, I, I, I feel bad for it because it'll be, it'll be a situation where this guy comes up and he, he's getting like a like life changing raise. He's getting the coach at the highest level. It's something that this guy probably has always dreamed about doing, and then he's going to come to a place that used to have such great fan support, but you're going to have just thousands upon thousands upon thousands of folks checking out anyone who's not checking out is instantly going to hate them um i just honestly feel bad it, and you know it's if it's it's life changing money if he was making maybe a million dollars at north dakota state instead of 30 or not 30 so 300,000 i wouldn't do it but i mean 
you're talking about going from 300,000 probably up to at least 2 million. I mean, you have to do it. I mean, that's more than five times your salary. You have to do it. So um, if it ends up being him, I'm going to feel bad. Um, you know, reports did come out that Gene Hat did talk to him in New York City, and there were reports he was in North Dakota this week, and those seem to be corroborated. Um, so it is what it is. Um, there is a little bit of hope, though. Um, Saturday, there's some news starting to trickle out that uh, climbing may not be a foregone conclusion. Uh, the names Neil Brown and Mike Norvell are both real possibilities. These are guys that we have talked about before. Um, if those are the last two, quote-unquote, good hope guys, which one of those two do you want and why? Uh, I think I lean towards Brown. More Brown than Norvell. I think Brown has shown that he can do a little bit more than Norvell at a higher level. He, you know, not only competes with those Power 5 schools, but he's shown that he can beat them. So um, is Chris Kleiman, just saying. Chris <laughs> Kleiman has also true. shown that he can beat those Power 5 teams. Yeah. With less scholarships. Just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, honestly, I'd take either. I'd take either Brown or Norvell, and I could back them pretty hard. What about you? I mean, <laughs> I would still I, – I mean, I think part of the reason why folks got so upset about Latrell backing out – was a because the Chris Kleiman news came so shortly after, and b because we've been spending basically since October talking about Seth Luttrell. If we've been talking about Norvell or Brown since October, I think folks would be, you know, just as infatuated with them as they were with Seth Luttrell. So I would still be over the moon with either two of those guys. Um, so I and I think everyone should be. I think we should all kind of have hope. I think um, if you want to reach out to. Gene Taylor, be respectful about it. Don't be a dickhead, but, like, you know, let the guy know that, hey, these are who you want. Uh, you know, if you are desperately not wanting climbing, I mean, let him know. It's speak now forever, hold your peace time. Um, before the last question, um, not only on KSO, but in one of our very elusive uh, group chats, there's talk that Jim Lovett might now, might now <laughs> be back in play. Um, <laughs> I just want to go on the record and say, uh, anyone who wants Jim Levitt over Chris Kleiman is just a beta brain loser. I don't want either one of them necessarily, but I don't see how you can sit back and say, yeah, let's just take Jim Levitt and accept, you know, seven wins and call it good. I mean, yes, it could, it 100% could be worse with Kleiman. I'm not saying it, it, I'm not saying anything about that, but at least with Kleiman, you at least have a small inkling of hope that, hey, maybe he can be great. I mean, he is the Nick Saban of FCS. <laughs> um, you have seen some guys who have been career FCS guys and quickly move up to uh, being Power 5 head coaches and be successful. You know what Jim Lovett is. Um, so that's my stance on it. I could definitely be wrong. Um, but I would prefer taking, you know, one shot at, you know, one out of 100 shot at being great than having a zero out of a hundred shot being great, but knowing you can at least be mediocre. That's my stance. I agree. Um, so the last question is if you could talk to Gene Taylor right now, what would you say? I would say, Gene, you and this hire will be fastened together for the rest of your career. It's going to define you as an athletic director, and it will make or break your time here at K-State. Um, with my fears of it being Kleiman or Levitt, I'd stress, you know, 
in regards to Kleiman. If he hires Kleiman, it will look like that's kind of been his agenda since the day that he was hired, that it's the easy way out, um, that from day one fans are going to be against it, season ticket sales will drop, donations will drop, and that it's you know it's a extremely risky, probably the wrong hire. I'd stress that if it's Levitt that he's trying to or possibly going to hire to remind him that he, you know, he didn't think of Levitt as a viable candidate for a reason initially, um, that the fan base is super desperate for some new blood, new direction, that it's crying out for someone to come in and, you know, modernize it, um, to not be pressured by, you know, Snyder and the Snyder tree family bullshit narrative. And, you know, that Levitt would change very little. It's just going to be, it's going to be business as usual at K-State, which is what people don't want. And I don't think anything would change at all with Jim Levitt if he comes in. Um, and then I would just probably shit on Jim Levitt and how he's basically achieved nothing in his career aside from, you know, he did obviously build South Florida. That's incredibly impressive. But he did nothing with South Florida after they were built up. And he hasn't coached for 10 years. People tout him as a very good defensive coordinator. But he's not – I mean, Oregon's D is not better than our D. So – why? Why would we hire him? What would you say to to Gene Taylor? Well, first off, according to a lot of tweets <laughs> this morning, um, Adam Adam Rittenberg of ESPN and Football Scoop saying that an offer to either Neil Brown or Chris Kleiman are coming within oh, the I next twenty four hours. So it's going to come down to those two. What I would say is, Gene, if it's truly coming down to these two. Um, Brown is a proven winner at the FBS level. He is a young, hot name. He could break you into recruiting down in the deep south. I'm sure he could establish connections to recruit Texas and Oklahoma. Um, I think Neil Neil Brown has been my number three guy. Like, even if you throw out Brent Venables, which it sounds like that was never a realistic option – Neil Brown was my third guy behind Latrell and Sattersfield. I would be over the moon with Brown. Um, I would just tell Gene, um, I don't know, maybe wait a little longer than 24 hours to offer so this episode can (laughs) be worth a damn into at least Tuesday. Um, Honestly, I trust Gene. I don't think that uh, hiring Kleiman is the easiest thing he could do. I think it actually would take massive balls because he knows no one's going to like it. He knows fan support's going to drop off, but he's choosing to do it anyways um, because he truly believes that's the best hire. Um, Do I believe it's the best hire? No. Do I think it's the right hire? No. Um, But I I think that narrative about it being easy for Gene is getting a little out of hand. But um, stay tuned. when a new hire is made, we'll have an emergency episode. Um, let's move on to something slightly m- m- more depressing, less depressing. <laughs> I don't know, but remember, uh, get addicted to gambling at my bookie, and it will make everything okay. Um, so K State lost a basketball game yesterday, where they held the opponent to scoring only forty-seven points. Um, we lost 47 to 46. You and I watched it at the Brookside with two friends of the pod, Ethan and Will. It was a good time. We need to do it again, but probably not connected to a K-State game because that just makes everyone depressed. Um, what were your thoughts, rants and raves from that game? Um, extremely disappointing. Um, where to even start, honestly? Um, so, first off, God forbid we be positive about Bruce Weber. 
going into the season. I'm still positive about Bruce. I still like Bruce, but the same issues are plaguing this team that's plagued Bruce teams for the past, how long has he been here? Um, five uh, years, yeah, six years? Six, uh, since Just 2012. Absolute inability to create offense. Um, he's known for running the motion offense, which would blow my mind if somebody told me that after watching K-State for the past six years. I mean, our guys are so stagnant on offense. It's like they're just rooted to the spot. They never cut inside. The only movement that they have is around the perimeter. It's extremely frustrating. So that's the first – that's my first gripe. My second gripe, I guess, would be what in God's name? <laughs> Why can't we shoot the basketball? Is it – like, do we focus on offense at all, genuinely? Our entire staff is made of – defensive-minded, like, defense-first guys that preach just defensive intensity. Do we work um, – do we do anything offensively in practice? We're shooting, like, 28% from three, which is, according to Fan, shout-out Jimmy, like, the second worst since uh, – is it, like, the second worst in case history? I think the first worst is, like, 95, 96, something just abominable. Yeah, something like that. It's just really bad, and obviously – I don't know. Were we too – did we jump the gun on the hype? I don't think so. I think we can be around a top 15 team. I never thought we were a top 10 team. I mean, in reality, last year we were probably not even a top 25 team. We were probably around 30, but it's just really annoying. I mean, it was a fun off season, and we've taken two bad L's. I don't think Marquette was really that necessarily a bad loss because they're going to make the tournament, and, you know, they're decent. But Jesus Christ, losing for a second second year in a row to Frank Haith, scoring 46 points in Tulsa is just, I mean, it's god-awful. That's like a vintage bad Bruce game. Yeah, I my, <coughs> my biggest gripe comes down to the offense, and I think eventually players have to take some accountability um, because fact of the matter is, and this is going into the next point I had on there, you have three seniors that all yeah. offseason, all media days at Big 12 Media Day, K-State Media Day, interviews everywhere, they were talking about legacy building. They want to leave something behind. They want to be known as some of the greatest players. There were conversations about, oh, is Barry going to do enough to get in the Raptors? Oh, will Dean get enough? do enough to be in the Raptors? We were sitting here on the pod talking about how Dean Wade didn't, uh, get enough respect that he deserved from national awards, putting him on preseason All-American list. I mean, for fuck's sake, these guys went five for thirty from the floor, scoring twelve points for freaking Tulsa. I, it's insane to me that you could have three guys who are four-year starters in Big Twelve play sit around, go around all off-season talking about oh, legacy this, legacy that. Oh, we want to be great, and that's what they give us. I. I just don't understand. I don't understand how you can say all this, these things in the offseason. That's the type of performance you put out there. And, yes, it's not just them. Uh, you have guys like Mac May Ween who only played nine minutes yesterday because he was fouling. You you 100% had poor coaching because, I mean, for fact of the matter, Dean Wade was garbage yesterday, but he was sitting all the way until, you know, the final four minutes. I I mean, he should have been out, out there because you weren't getting anything from anyone else. Xavier Sneed and Cartier Jada were the only two who really put anything out there, and it was good to see Cardi do something, step up. I think he had nine points on like 12 rebounds. It was insane. He had a good game uh 
and you know it's a shame Mikey McGraw actually had an okay game. It looks like he wrecked his ankle. So uh, it was it was a very discouraging game. It was a depressing game. I I yes, it's cool to hold a team like Tulsa, who I think will probably end up being a bubble team. Maybe they can make some noise in the American to forty seven points. That's fun. Um, but scoring forty six points, that's just unacceptable. Just unacceptable. You should be able to get, you know, 46 points just on layups a game, you know, close twos. We were not getting to the rim at all, and when we were, it was just discouraging. And, and you know, Cam deserves uh, – he does not deserve a ton of price. He did not have a great game, but I see people coming after Cam, uh, you know. But here's the thing. He's the only guy who was on the floor who wanted to create anything. He was the only guy who was going to the rim. Everyone else looked like passengers, and Cam at least wasn't going to just sit back and take it. Does he have the skill to get things done? Eh, he he really didn't last night, but you know he at least was trying. I I, I was a little troubled by just the offensive effort across the board. People like to come at Cam a lot, but they do it for, which fine do that, but do it for the right reasons. Well, not only like, that, but here, here's the thing: you can come at Cam when. Dean and Barry have good games, and then maybe Cardi and Mike were playing well, and he still got too many minutes. Fact of the matter, Cam was dreadful, but Barry Brown and Dean Wade were even worse because you expect you expect fifteen points a game from those two, and combined amongst the three of them, they got twelve. It's just yeah, that's, just trash. And the team as a whole enough. only shot thirty percent. It's like, god awful. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so bigger than this game, is it time to press the panic button? I said yes. I'm 100% sure it is. to the point. You're now way too deep into the season, not showing any sign that you can even be a- an average to slightly below average shooting team. You are just a bad shooting team. So I'm pounding the uh, panic button. But that brings me to this point. Is it time to revisit the lofty expectations? Yeah, for sure. I mean – what were our expectations? Let's think back. I mean, I, I was thinking, you know, top three in the Big 12 and making it to the second weekend in the NCAA tournament. I, I still think we can do that. I I just I just need anything, anything to give me a little bit of hope because I'll tell you this right now, Georgia State, who we're playing on Saturday, is a good ball team. They're going to come into Bramlage 100% thinking they're going to win, and if we have a performance like that, we're going to lose three straight. And then it changes from – what are your expectations to get to the tournament? <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, sure Shit's going to get real, real It's quick. time to hit the panic button, absolutely. You know, when you're shooting as bad as you're shooting, and it goes on for an, a certain amount of time, it's something that begins to fester. You can have a few ba- bad games where you shoot terribly and eek by, but, I mean, we haven't had a game this season where we've looked like a team that will will f- turn it around. Um, what bothers me most is that, you know, we've, we've genuinely probably played two teams that were even remotely a test to us and we're on the road and we've, we failed at both of them. We lost both games. And that's something that, that's another gripe that I have with Bruce is that he has in his entire time here, aside from his maybe first year, which was not his guys, he hasn't been able to instill that toughness and composure with his teams on the road. That's why our, our road te- our road record is just abysmal under Bruce. Any time that we we get under pressure on the road, we just capitulate completely. 
Yeah, and it, it is disappointing because <sighs> this non-conference was set up to have two winnable uh, non-conference road games to give you a little confidence before you go into Big 12 play, and um, they failed those tests. So um, it's a shorter show. Let's wrap it up by saying what, if anything, can change to get this team going offensively. Got to get your seniors going first. Um, I say, I mean, I have a meeting with my seniors, those three seniors, if I'm Bruce right now, and I say, guys, this is your team. Barry, this is your team. This was your team last year. You, you got to step back into that leadership role. You guys got to take control, and you got to be scoring 15, 16 points a night. Minimum, we've got to have some aggression out of you guys, or else this team's not going to make it far. We may not even make the tournament. Um Second, God, fundamentals. Just get in the gym, work on shooting every single day. I don't know how how else you fix that, though. Yeah, I don't know either. I think if I'm Bruce, you have to try to light a fire under those guys. Yeah, I'm ripping their ass. This is what I'm going to do. For that Georgia State game, I don't say anything until right before the game, but then I would say, all right, Barry, Dean, Cam, you're not starting, and I start. Uh, you know, Sean Neal Williams, Mike McGraw, if he's healthy, Xavier Sneed, Mack, and uh, who am I missing? I don't know. For starters? Yeah, well, I just wouldn't start any of the three. <laughs> I would I would just, you know, I would just bring, yeah, Cardi, Sean Neal Williams, Mike McGraw. All right, boys, time to start. Time to. That'd be great. I, I would mean, love. That, that's what I would do. I would, I would slide seniors. X down to the four. I, I would bench him. I wouldn't play him until the under 16 media timeout in the first half. And if you're and if you're winning, say you come out gangbusters, I'd keep them on the bench until the under 12. I would do anything to just send a message, fire them up. Um but I'm also not a coach. That could be garbage, but I don't know. No, that something, would work. Something needs to happen. I'm just I'm so dep- I I hate saying depressed because at the end of the day it is just sports and yes, we're passionate sports fans, we're fanatics. Uh, all that jazz, um, but it's just—it's embarrassing, honestly. Yeah, everything, just everything around Case yeah. is embarrassing. We need something to turn around. Hopefully, we hire. Uh, that's why. That's why Latrell hurt so bad. Yeah, we it was we like, need to finally. hire Neil Brown. Hire Neil Brown, and then go on a run for basketball. Just um, try something new. Try yeah, to be adventurous. That's why I we wanted. That's why Latrell was so exciting. That's yeah. why I would be fired up if we if we did go for Neil Brown and didn't punt to Kleiman. Just go for it. Now, punt, climbing's a Hail Mary on second and seven. <laughs> punting is Jim. Jim Levitt, Levitt would be so, punting. Cause it's, yeah, Chris Kleiman yeah. is, you have the ball on your own, like, 42, and for whatever reason you decide to throw a Hail Mary on second and seven. Uh, Jim Levitt is punting on fourth and three from your own, from your opponent's 38. Fuck Jim Levitt. All right, that's all I have. You can also uh, call that Bill Snydering. Exactly. Um, that's all we have. Um, I think I'm going to say this. You can cut this out if we don't want to put this out there. I think we're going to try to have a meetup at Johnny's in Power and Light before the K-State Vanderbilt game. Uh, we'll let you guys know when more details come. Maybe if you guys tweet at Matt Hall. That's or It's Matt underscore. Or, D underscore or Hall. Matthew? Uh, let's oh, look real God, quick. For as much as we tweet the goofy guy, Maybe we should know. Um, I'll kill some time. So, 
get at Matt Hall and tweet at him. And Matthew tweet, underscore D underscore Hall. Yes, Matthew underscore D underscore Hall. Tweet at him and tweet at all the KSO guys saying that they should join us for a pregame get-together at Johnny's before the K-State <sighs> Vanderbilt game. We'll be there. Grant will be there. Grant's family will be there. Who knows? Maybe my dad will be there. Um, it should be a good time. So if that's something you guys want to do, let us know. Um, if you want the KSO guys to join us, tweet at them and let them know. We love you guys. It's the Christmas season. Be happy. Um, you know, try to do some fun Christmassy stuff. Go see a movie. Go see some Christmas lights. You know, it's not the end of the world if K State decides to implode. Uh, yeah, it would suck, but you know, there's always Patrick Mahomes. True. Love um, you guys. Hang in there. It's gonna be all right. Meet me at the Cathead. Christmas without you I'll be so blue Just making